Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God? and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly. That before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say welcome, but I was listening to the song. And he says, raping and robbing everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. Well, you know, I, I get off with some words. Uh, uh, we're talking, and I start saying it. I've been listening to this thing from three years old, brother. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a I used powerful to, song. I used to beg my mother and my father before I went to sleep. I got to hear that song. Excuse me for looking so sweaty. You know we just came in. An hour ago, we were downtown. Okay. And and the van was shooting up, and we still had to walk the packages in. So this is why I'm so drenched right now. I don't even have the lighting right. But I said, let me just um, come on with you before you do your lecture. And, oh, yeah, um, you're good, man. You're good. Brother, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How are so, you tonight, uh, That You know, I didn't even know that the minister was the one that made that song. And, and then when I started listening to his voice, I was like, wow. You know, that was him. There's so many people who listen to the show who never know he made that song. I had the original record. And when I moved from New York to Florida, I had packed some stuff under a crawl space, my magazines and stuff, and um, sealed everything up. And I was going to uh -huh. pull it out left, but I sealed it up so that the new owners who I sold to could see how it was. And I forgot to take it out. I had oh, the original wow. 1960 record, man. 
Wow. One I used to do from a child with scratches on it. So I was in heaven when I found this version. This was oh, the same version. But there are two versions, front and back. And I okay. found those online, and I have it on one of my modules. It's not on this one. So oh, okay. um, that, that thing, that thing does that. That's done something to me. I believe it. Me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, <clears throat> we live, right? Oh, we live, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well first again, brother, I, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come back again. Um, yes. Yesterday, yesterday was, uh, I guess, one of those fluke type situations. Um, I, I did notice, though, a couple of things. I just want to greet everyone there in the chat room. And uh, a couple of things I noticed that was kind of strange. Um, whenever that situation happens, when it appears, well, I'm muted, but it appears that I muted myself. I never touched the phone. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing too is so we can see your face. Okay. Touch your phone. Yeah, that way. How about that? Name is across, and you get credit for all the wonderful wisdom that you that you share. Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you, man. But, I, yeah, so and the other thing, too, is I noticed that the minute I started to go into this situation about these witches, uh, and because I played it back. Right. These, that, uh, you know, are doing what they're doing in the hospital, and we were talking earlier. Uh, that's when it cut. That's right. And And it was so funny because I didn't even know. You see me talking like I'm a mannequin or something. I didn't even know that it was cut. And then I don't know why I didn't even hear my phone ringing. It was like when you were calling me, it was like something or somebody had intercepted the signal. So, but be that as it may, um, you know, like I was telling you earlier, the subject of eugenics runs wide and deep. And it kind of explains a lot of things. Um, one, again, I was I was really blown away by the level of this particular activity with these covens that are going on in hospitals. And and as I begin to research it and look at it more, it's like they are actually manufacturing melanin. <laughs> from these hospitals and and you know they're using our babies okay to do this and when you think about the level of wickedness and evil that it takes to do this it goes beyond reason um you know i i know our people do bad things like like everybody else but this type of level of evil wickedness, our people have never done. Okay, so immediately that separates you in terms of who you are and what you're dealing with. So I wanted to go back to this book. Yeah, the name um, of it is They Came to Set the Captives Free. And I read it maybe almost 20 years ago, but it centered around uh, this nurse, Rebecca Brown. She's very religious now. I guess uh, an experience like she had would make make somebody religious. Um, but she talked about when she first 
started working at this one particular uh, hospital in her hometown that uh, she didn't know anything about because the nurses, the doctors, all of them look, look normal, just like we are. But then when she started working on the night shift, that because during the day, you know, everybody's pretending to be, you know, these upstanding citizens or what have you. Um, but she said at night, everything changed. This is when they began to do, um, there would be, there would be stillborn babies. There would be um, babies who they knew that they had to abort or, or the, they, when they take the babies out, they would do something in order for those babies, okay, to be born, stillborn, or basically to be killed. You know, it's just no other way around that. Uh, and recently, I, I believe there's a black couple who they're suing a hospital because they actually decapitated the baby trying to deliver it. And anybody that knows anything about uh, medical trained people, there's no way in hell you're going to decapitate a baby, okay, by mistake. That's Something like that is just not going to happen. So, again, the, the name of the uh, show as yesterday is uh, Eugenics, the Diabolical Plan and Plot, okay, to Kill Black Babies. I gave the statistics yesterday, which are, you know, they're mind-blowing statistics. Um, and then something else dawned on me. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine uh, a couple of years ago. His son, well, his son was actually there, too. We were there playing chess. And uh, his son works for uh, this organization that is employed by a, by a big hospital here. I don't want to say their name on camera. But they, uh, so he worked overnight, and he would have to go, He, him and two other people would have to go in a van, typically a white van, and pick up dead bodies from the hospital. Now, the, one of the things that he noticed was eight out of ten of the bodies were always black, okay, and in the they would have to go in the basement of these hospitals where they kept the dead people under the guise of them having to do a, an autopsy, um, an extensive autopsy, in order to come up with answers. This was always the excuse that they used. Um, but he also noticed that a lot of them were babies like babies. And uh, he said this was very disturbing to him. And then the place that they delivered the babies to, the, the morbid-looking doctors there, you know, the place smelled like coffee. You'd have to go down in the basement of this huge clinic, whereas uh, on, the, on the first two floors, you know, they present themselves as a medical clinic or what have you, while right in the basement overnight, you have 
these uh, yeah, pathologists, that's what they're called, um, you know, doing what they do to these babies. Now, no one knows what happens. He said after they drop them off, they have to immediately. As a matter of fact, there are only a few times he said that he was able to go down um, in the basement area that they use, this huge area. And uh, he said that uh, from that time on, they didn't allow him to come to bring that they would have someone to intercept the babies, you know, when they arrived, like, through the back entrance. So this this type of thing has been going on for a long time. But one of, a couple of things that she said that was really, I mean, I, I thought I started thinking about, well, if they have the power to do this unchecked, those numbers that they gave us could be five times higher. I mean, they're literally unchecked because everybody thinks that that's why it's always good to get more than one opinion when you're dealing with a life or death situation with an infant, but not just an infant, with adults as well. But um, I wanted to go back to this story she was telling. She said that at night, you know, all these things would be going on. This is when they had the highest rate of uh, infant mortality. This is when all of the things that they wanted to keep out of the public eye in the daytime, okay, was going on at night. And she said there was a group of them that worked the night shift. And uh, the head nurse was usually the one that was, uh, you know, their leader. So uh, they, she said that uh, one night she went to work and uh, they got so comfortable around her, they wasn't even trying to hide it. Uh, you know, they basically, the baby coming out and they suffocating the baby. They're doing all kind of stuff. They're shooting the mother up with stuff. That's why I always say, before you take a shot, you need to find out what it is they're using so that somebody can document it. Okay. But she said they had all types of methods of killing these babies. And uh, so she said after a couple of months, when she was in a situation where she knew that a couple of babies, like three or four of them, could literally have been saved. And then after the babies are dead, then they whisk them away very quickly, okay, to the basement or to some unknown uh, secluded area, a restricted area. So <clears throat> she said after this couple of months and working with some of them that uh, and noticing some of them, she wrote a report or she, or she talked to the head of, of that department she was in. And she said she noticed that he was literally frightened, like, you know, he didn't want to talk about it. 
you know, and he gave a lot of excuses like these type of things happen. You know, we just have to make sure that we document, uh, you know, the cause of death, which can be subjective. Okay. And uh, so she said, then she was approached by one of the nurses. And this nurse told her pretty much what was going on. And uh, one of the nurses uh, that was not a part of their clique uh, went to, she, she was uh, going to a particular church in that city. And she went to the pastor and told the pastor what was going on because that nurse had worked there for years. And at first she said that he couldn't believe it, that, you know, people wasn't believing her story. And so she said that, uh, she said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you come there? And uh, so the pastor went there. And uh, one of the nurses, one of the um, witches, immediately confronted him, threatened him. Uh, he got sick at the hospital, okay, and, and they had to keep him there. And she was explaining that they target certain people. They targeted his congregation, and they targeted his church. And before you know it, he didn't have hardly any more parishioners. And uh, that the witches there basically um, took over his church, as hard as that is to believe. I don't know what she meant by took over, but they, certainly they threatened him. He almost died there. Uh, and he was released from the hospital about three or four days later. I think he went to the authorities, and uh, a couple of them got fired, or something happened. I haven't read the book in a long time, but it's still fresh on my mind. And so the point I'm trying to make is that many of our people, we're, we are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trustworthy, trusting people. We trust things too much, okay, and, oh, yeah, this is what she was saying, too, is that you, they, some of the nicest nurses were the ones that were doing the most serious damage, okay, to harm these babies and uh, patients. So when we go back and we look at eugenics. We go back and we look at how it was formulated when, you know, when they first began to come up with this ideology. One thing that really stands out is that <clears throat> all of the major people who were in the scientific and uh, the uh, medical and the educational um, field, all of them basically put forth this same ideology. And when you start looking at the different pieces, the different um, aspects 
of, of uh, like the medical, the educational, the scientific areas, and the historic areas, where th they actually came up with these narratives to justify what they were doing. And I was telling um, the story yesterday about this, uh, this mad doctor who basically um, experimented on our women, you know, and he's uh, he's someone that's really um, and, and I did some more research on him. He's uh, someone that they really glorify in the medical profession as being someone who was uh, one of the forerunners. Okay, they didn't give any of our women any anesthesia. They basically um, said that well, they have a high threshold for pain, and so when we put these instruments in them, then we're not worried about how they feel or what type of pain it's causing. So as, as the guy was explaining on the video, in terms of the educational field, we, we see this, this ideology being institutionalized. Okay, and everybody knows that this eugenics energy has been the driving force behind everything that has been done to our people. And the more I studied about it and the more I looked at it, I realized something. That, you know how we used to say, well, how could... How could they do that and not just feel anything about that? Or, you know, they can say these type of things, do these type of things, then go to a church on Sunday and feel no kind of way. Well, the answer is because in their mind, they, they are justified because they see you they see this as a natural selective process, just like animals, okay? Now, you say that we are higher-functioning beings, but I question that when I look at some of the things that actually uh, took place and are still taking place now. It's more secretive. Um, you have to really dig for certain information now. Google helps some people, but we have to keep in mind, okay, that Google is programmed by the same eugenicist that is responsible for this hundreds-of-year-old ideology that has shaped every aspect of our society. So when you ask the question and you look at and, and say, how could someone do this? to other people, how? How is this even possible, this level of evil? One of, one of the reasons is because there's no conscience there. There's no, there's no, it's just a calcified way of seeing the world, which is uh, narcissistic. Everything I want and need, I'm gonna get. Okay, it's also a God complex and although 
they know that we are the original people on the planet, the ones that the creator creatures put here first. They they know that their narrative power controls our behavior. And why does it control our behavior? Again, we always go back to the same I mean, it's nothing new. Okay. But the the hardest part to accept is that they can continue to give our people this fiat that makes you think that you have something when you're being bamboozled, that you don't actually, the value of what you think you have does not exist. So by them knowing this and knowing that all of the resources have been stolen and taken, then they they already know that they're going to focus on the young people and the babies in particular because you're you're not a threat to them, as I say all the time. Um, once you have settled into this ideology that success and purpose are two different things, success in their world and their system means something totally different than the purpose for which you were born, then it's over. This game set match. So uh, you can get a title, you can get a check every week or every two weeks. You know, you can um, basically have all the trappings of material wealth. But that's not going to do one thing to stop the medical genocide of black babies. That's not going to stop, do anything to stop all of the things that are being done to our people. So until we start directly um, dealing with this, uh, the other thing, too, that was very interesting, I touched on this yesterday, and how they were able to hide this for so long is amazing in itself. But one of the ways that they were able to do this was because the Watergate scandal was taking place at the same time. And I often wonder if the Watergate scandal and this cover-up and all this stuff was just a smokescreen for the horrendous acts they were doing to black women. We're, we're talking about, and again, when a certain figure is given, you have to look way beyond that number, okay? Like everything else, you have to look way, when they give employment figures, when they give financial figures, statistics, you have to look beyond that because these are not true um, indicators of what the actual reality is in any given area you look at. But I want to point out again that over 400 women were sterilized during the Richard Nixon administration. And 90% of them were black women. The rest were poor whites who couldn't do, you know, who they lumped in just because, you know, they look at it like this, okay, you're a casualty of war, okay? 
They had over 500 clinics all over the country. Many people don't even know this history about what happened to our women. And they and, and it really didn't come to light until that case I mentioned yesterday when those two young girls, the Ross sisters, were sterilized without their knowledge and without the consent of their parents. So that's when it first came to light. But when you look at the sheer numbers, as I said, the government financed these clinics. There was even a law on the books in 30 states in the United States, as hard as this is to believe, where it was legal to sterilize women. So when they went into these clinics, the actual nurses at the clinic were the ones that decided, you know, if whether or not they're going to sterilize them, whether or not they're going to kill them. They certainly kill. You know, we're focused on Planned Parenthood, which we should be. But when you look at this history of the of uh, what the U.S. government did, it's unbelievable. And I even had to go back and look at a lot of the information that, you know, you can't get unless you know where to look at it, to look for it at. Because, again, they've done a masterful job with hiding um, these diabolical plots that they have used over the centuries. And so when you, when you look at uh, all of the ways that we had, have been attacked, bringing crack into our community, bringing guns into our community, taking away all the jobs, okay, and all of this adds up to these different plots that they use in order to keep black people from rising. But they can't stop it. <laughs> they definitely cannot stop it. You can inf inflict as much pain as you try or humanly possible. Because to be very honest with you, it's a miracle that we have survived under these conditions. Certainly every black man and woman in this country and child should be crazy. But I want to go back to what happens from the stages of when our people and our women first come in contact with these death facilities. Number one, we put all our trust into someone who you could be dealing with that you think because they quote some scripture or they have a uh, cross around their neck, well, that's a good doctor. When that same doctor, okay, has probably been responsible for the death of hundreds of our babies. We trust too much. When we go to these people and they give you a diagnosis, you should always seek a second opinion. 
Um, because what that does immediately is that gives you control over um, the situation. Because now you have educated yourself and you're able to communicate to that hospital staff that you know exactly what's going on. But it is our people who seek to just put this blind trust in the system and the people that um, work undercover in these systems with bad intentions. Uh, many of them, uh, not only do they have the white su supremacist eugenics ideology, but many of them are like vampires, okay? They're just like vampires. The amount of blood and melanin that's taken from our people is beyond imagination. And again, the more I researched over the years about what's going on in these, um, I don't even like calling them hospitals, okay, because that's not what they are. But again, our people have this blind faith. And basically, in, in the, all you gotta do is look at history, okay, and you'll see the murderous intentions against black people from, from our babies to our young people and now all the way to our adults. Okay, with the, um, you know, I'm not going to say the word, but, you know, all of these things have to, or not have to, but all of these things need to be examined. Why is it that we just accept that this is when a person go, gets sick and goes into the hospital and dies? or never come out, but when they come out, they're put in some type of home where they continue this diabolical plan. Because, and, and I often say this, is one thing that our people have to think about is, do you know what it takes to perpetuate a lie for centuries? or in some cases for millennia, for 2,000 years. Do you know what it takes to do that? Do you know how many people have to be bought into this in order for this to continue to happen even in 2023? See, we I don't know what it is that we don't want to look at it for what it really is. Okay, this is what it really is. They are killing our babies in these places, in these death traps, and no one is saying anything about it. Even the fact that we have 16,000 black and brown women, young women, missing every year. Just anywhere else, okay, this would be a catastrophic, Catastrophic emergency. But, you know, it's human nature when, when someone is allowed 
to, to, to continue to do something unchecked and you're not challenging it, then they're going to, particularly when they have the means to do it and the resources to do it. So I just want to say to, to my people today is the time is here. Okay, we have to stand up and say, we know what you're doing behind closed doors. We know what you're planning to do because we have a uh, record, a historical record, a documented record of these evil, diabolical plans that you have put into motion. I, you know, I advocate that... Um, Instead of going to a, a, a death trap first, go to a private clinic. Uh, get some kind of evaluation there. Because the clinics are not going to do the same thing, at least not to that level, because they are regulated more. These hospitals are not regulated at all. Okay. They're not regulated. And and what they're doing to our babies, they, plan, they have the same thing planned for you. I guarantee you this winter there's going to be something happening where a lot of black folks are going to have to go to the hospital. Okay. And then once you get in that hospital, that's pretty much it. Your immune system, okay, is built in order to ward off any of this stuff. But you've got to have a proper diet. When you break down your immune system, you're susceptible to all these things. This, this is why they bombard you with all of this, okay? Now, these, at the head of these professions... Uh, these eugenicists, I like to call them Luciferians because that's what they are. Uh, we'll go into that another day. But um, these are some of the most, I, you know, I, I don't even know if they can be classified as human. I really don't. Because the one thing, the agendas that they have, and we saw yesterday, the astronomical amount of money that they make in education just off the SAT. Okay, that's just one form of standardized test. There are several other ones. But it's all about money. Money is their God, whether you want to believe it or not. And now it's your God, too. So <clears throat> these plans that they have going forward, Population control, okay, these type of plans they have is that we have to continue to talk about it, put a spotlight on it, and then say, hey, we know what you're doing. Just like when you come on the light and these roaches scramble, we see you. We know what you're doing. And the more power that they have, the more evil and diabolical they are. Because the head of these death facilities, I, I had a friend that was telling me that worked uh, uh, in the insurance business 
dealing with the medical industry. And one of the things that she said was, well, we get bonuses for denying uh, medical claims. <laughs> uh, you know, and basically saying that if you don't have the health coverage where they can steal the amount of money and make up all of these things that they make up in order to get paid, you they're going to put you at the back of the, of the bus, okay, regardless of what your condition is. Now, I can remember when we used to have uh, what you call home nurses, you know, that our people used to be delivered in the homes, okay. I can remember the type of medication our, our um, people used to use. When we got sick, we drank this nasty, bitter portion that my mom would come up with, okay, that came from a root that they call bitter root, okay. Also, they used to use olive oil, okay, but it was something else that we drank whenever we had a fever or something. I can't remember the name of it, but our people didn't go to these hospitals like, like we do now. They just didn't. Everything, all the remedies were in nature. I remember this time I was playing football and I fell on a glass. And to this day, right here, I have no feeling here. It cut half of my hand was hanging off. And uh, I remember uh, I called my brother. My brother said, well, we're taking you home. I was like, no, I need to go to the hospital. I'm like, hell no, you're going home. So my mother took some spider webs, I don't know how she cleaned them off, poured the olive oil, I think it was turpentine or something else, cleaned out the wound. Okay, I remember that pain even right now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then she put the spider webs in here. Now you would think that was stitched up. It's not. This is from a spider web, from spider webs. Never went to a hospital. Half of my hand hanging over. So somehow we have dropped the ball. You go somewhere, you hand someone one of our babies, and they disappear with the baby. Or they'll have them in a room. Okay. You go sit down in the area where patients are, I mean, people are supposed to be waiting. You're not in those rooms with them. You don't know what they're doing, okay? So once you're out of the picture, once you you disappear, then that's when you see the, diabol the diabolical plans come out, okay? It's like a pack of wolves now surround. You ever seen these uh, animal shows, the wild animal shows, where you have these jackals or hyenas, it's like 20 of them, and they have this animal surrounded, and they're just coming from all sides, like laughing at them at the same time, trying to kill them. Okay, this is a perfect example. You know, just because somebody is smiling at you and they have a title and all of this, uh-uh. 
No, no, no. We, we, we need to be on point with this. And I'm saying this to our sisters because that's who they're after. Okay? They can't get to our babies unless they got get to them through you. So another thing I notice is a lot of our women are very trusting with these eugenic, with these uh, eugenics people who really, you don't know what their philosophy and ideologies are. It doesn't matter what they tell you. They can tell you anything because a lie to them is not a lie. So this is, this is one of the things that we have to come to grips with. Because someone is telling you something that sounds like truth, it doesn't mean that it's the truth. It just means that they are giving you a narrative that they know that you will accept. Stop giving our babies to these people, these wicked people. Okay? When they go to the hospital, you should be able to, like now, when everybody's filming everything, you should be able to film whoever is taking that child. You need to take a video of them. You need to um, communicate on that video the condition of your child before whoever is taking them into those back dark rooms. Take them. Okay, if the child has a fever and they come back out with meningitis, then you... You already know they shot something up there. And so, I think I heard Lance say this, but, um, you know, basically, they're setting you up for the pharmaceutical industry. They're setting you up to make money from you from the time you're born till the time you die. Okay? They are, they are setting you up for this. So no matter what the age of one of our young people is, when they leave those hospitals, then they have uh, like a dossier or medical records on them. And those medical records are going to follow them. And those people in that industry are the only ones that can read the, um, the language of that, or what do they call it, jargon, okay? Because every industry has a certain type of jargon that only those people that work in that industry know, okay? So on the one, time, on the one hand, they're, they're speaking one thing to you, but when they use their jargon amongst each other, they could be telling you right in front of them, yeah, they could say a cold blue, and that means kill them. I mean, you know, the definition that they give is, oh, cold red. That means everybody uh, need to rush a certain. Uh, that might mean that, okay, in one sense. But it also could mean we get ready to take one down, another one bites the dust. So, you know, again, our people are too trusting. And everything. When you have these sinister people, okay, and this is this is proof. All you got to do is go back and read the history of eugenics. Go back and and, and read 
what how these people really feel about you, what they think. Okay, so a lot of times you hear our people say, well, um, this hate and this white supremacy and this, okay, it comes from this Nazi ideology that comes out of eugenics. Even Hitler practiced it. You see what he did. So when you go back and you look at this and you start to see the scope of it, in every single area of human activity, whether it's uh, education, whether it's the medical profession, whether it's law, but no matter what field it is, religion, oh yeah, some of the biggest eugenicists are in religion. And this is another thing our people don't know. So these same people that have given you these narratives that you live by every day are the very ones who are um, have a diabolical plan to destroy you and everybody that look like you. So we have to take the gloves off now. We can't continue, okay, to sugarcoat stuff, go along with this stuff, and pretend like Okay, it doesn't exist because they're taking us out. They take, they are taking more black people, babies, young people, and old people than they ever had before. That's a fact. And and you can think, okay, you one of the one of the things that you see again, and you learn in a place like. Uh, California is that everything is not what it seems or appears to be. Okay. This eugenics ideology or this white supremacist neo-Nazi ideology okay, is not something that just sprung up overnight. There is a history, centuries of this ideology that has been used to define every single thing in our society. So that's why you see, you know, people trying to use the same. So you think because you see now these next generation of colonizers or their children you think that they are going to be any, or they have been any different? In many cases, they're worse. Okay? Because it's the same playbook. It's the same game plan. It's just being operated by different people. Okay? But like they say in, in, in the book, there's nothing new under the sun. Okay? Uh, these, uh, you know, whether we want to accept this or not, okay, the game plan is against you. You know, I think I heard uh, Dr. Claude Anderson say that uh, racism is a team sport. It is. But you're the only one that don't have a team. And, and not only that, anytime you try to put together a team, Okay, that team is concerned 
about. Now, what team do you know in sports is concerned about the welfare of another team that they're competing against? You have never seen that in sports. After the game, you shake their hand. But you're not going to let them win the game just because you like or love them. Okay? Your team and the success of your team is dependent upon you winning, not losing. And the only reason you're losing is because you put all of your faith in a system that is ran by people who hate you, literally. So if you don't want to protect yourself, at least protect the children, okay? At least protect them. Then they bamboozle you, okay, with this ideology where they're against, they're against legal abortion, okay? But when you look at, here's the other thing you got to look at too. Once the babies are born, then you completely forget about them. Why don't you have the same fervor that you have for abortion for when the children are born? They're born into poverty. Okay? So I don't see you with the same uh, fervor that you have about abortion. Okay? Because that's just a, a, a game that you're playing to try to connect that with the false gods that you worship in religion. You don't really care about those uh, saving those children. You don't really care. And then the other thing I thought about, too, is um, the fact that they can take our young people and because we don't pay attention to anything, they can shape and mold them into whatever they want them to be. One of the one of the quotes that I always loved in psychology was if I take a baby or if I take a child, okay, they don't know who their mother is, okay. I take them and I put them in a controlled environment. I can make that child whatever I want them to be. Okay, and that is a fact. And so this is this is what they do. You you look at experiments that have been done um, with uh, monkeys. Okay, one that I can think of that were taken away at birth from their mothers. Okay. And they were totally uh, detached from anything associated with the culture of their mother. So you see, why is it that you feel that you're the only one that have to save the world? There's nothing wrong with you spotlighting, and advocating for your own culture. This is the mistake that we have made. And I'm not talking about just attacking the people that's responsible for the condition we're in. I'm talking about literally doing something about it. 
okay? Um, and again, it's good that we can talk about this, talk about these issues, and uh, but we've been doing this a long time, okay? We've been doing this a long time. The other thing that's being planned for our babies is wherever I go, like today, when I go out and I'm dealing with people and dealing with issues, I'm, I'm observing things too as well. I see a lot of young I see I saw a couple of them here that have mothers from another culture, black babies. I saw one of them crying for them and hugging and looking for attention. But the babies don't know. All they know is love, pure love from wherever it's coming from. So this is how we get deceived and manipulated again because we don't want to go and question uh, a administrator in a hospital about why is it that so many black babies are dying here. Well, you don't hear about it. All they, all they say is, oh, there's a aborted fetus. How do you know that? How do I know that this was an aborted, naturally aborted fetus? When I can't go in these dark corridors where you're operating on them and where you take them, how do I know that? Oh, that's right. I take your word for it. But you see, the Creator has already turned the tables on them. This is the other thing why they are trying to ratchet up the pressure and the pain against our people. Because they know their time is up. It's up. It's over with. So they're going to try to take as many people as they can with them. Okay. And I was watching uh, this show the other day. And, you know, they never have our people on, on these uh, TV shows. But someone told me to watch it. And it was very interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting, the topic that they were discussing. They were talking about what happens to, um, and these were white people talking about this. To You know, they refer to us as a minority. What happens to minority children? Uh, once they are born, and uh, a lot of them are going into foster care, they're getting them from that too. But no, they were saying, what happens to the, you know, the breakdown of support of black children once they are born? Why, why is it that the same statistics in regards to um, their inferior treatment in all areas of human activity, why does this continue to happen? Well, we know the answer for that. It doesn't happen to nobody else. So you're targeted. And because you don't want to accept the fact that you're targeted, then your power has been taken away. Because if you know somebody is targeting you and trying to hurt you and destroy you or someone you love, I bet you fight back then. You don't have no choice. 
So it's very important now that our, our people comprehend and understand this eugenics mentality that's taken over because people look at the situation with Trump. And, you know, people are constantly saying, how can these people follow him blindly? I mean, just without even some of the things that he has done and continue to do, but yet there is nobody, okay, that I can think of that have done the type of things that he's done and said and still have millions of people supporting them. But then when you look at the reason for this, you have to admit something. The reason for this is because of eugenics. And the people that support him believe in eugenics. But we don't want to accept this. This is why they have this blind allegiance to him. Okay? And I don't do politics. Okay, so I don't want nobody emailing me about no Joe Biden or Donald Trump or none of all of them are liars. Okay, they don't care nothing about. That's why we need a grassroots political party. Okay, or, or call it party of the people. Because these, uh, first of all, they're not political parties. Okay, they're corporations. All of the ones. When you see them, I remember uh, one of the things that I learned when I was living in Washington, D.C., uh, one of the things I learned is all of these people that you'll see them on TV arguing, blah, 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 but you'll see them in the restaurant having drinks together. But now they have made you think that, you know, they hate each other's guts. But they have a dinner together. Same thing with judges and lawyers. So, when you look at the condition of our people, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are trying to use religious ideology to justify people that don't believe the same thing that you believe. They quote in the same scriptures. They're wearing crosses around their neck. They're kumbayaing. But they don't believe in their hearts what you believe. Now, I don't know what's in nobody's heart. I'm talking about from their actions and behavior. Because if that was the case today, okay, you would have millions of people coming out against these diabolical plans and these diabolical actions that are uh, concentrated towards our children. You would have millions of people coming out. If they, if they were who they said they were, okay, and believe in what they have told you they believe in, we wouldn't have these kind of problems. It would be impossible for them to kill almost 1,500 children a day. 
this type of stuff could never go on if, you know, the true uh, ideology that you say you believe in every time our people go in these churches, then we would not have this society anything close to it. Now, here's, here's another thing, too, that's important for our people to look at. Because I know that one of the things that they use against our people, too, as well, is opportunity. Well, you have to make a decision, you know. And, again, I, I understand because they do have us locked down. Okay, they have the majority of our people from 35 to whatever, 75. They have you on lockdown. Okay, where you cannot fight for what is right for our people, even if you know what they are doing is wrong. Because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to take your job away. They're going to take away your means to get this fear. And I'm not saying the way it's set up, we need it to survive. But that's only because, okay, we don't have our own gardens. Okay, we don't have our own clothes. <laughs> Literally. Everything that we get, and there's going to come a day when we're going to really, really regret this behavior, this trusting behavior. Because I guarantee you, even like right now, with this war. Now you have these fake people, okay, that because you're associated with them in religion, that if you say that you're against this death and destruction, go penalize you. Okay? It's wrong to murder anybody, okay? I don't care what your religious ideology is. Okay? So, when you, when you look at the situations that we find our people in, all you have to do is look at eugenics. And then you'll know that when someone is about to destroy you and everyone that look like you, then you can't put all your trust. You can't put no trust in them. I, you know, I often wonder what it is that makes our people put all of this blind trust into a, a system and people that are running this system um, to to even do anything remotely close to helping us overcome these uh, catastrophic things that are happening to our people. If we don't do it, it's not going to be done. Now, it's just like when you go, when you go to get diagnosed for something, okay, nobody's going to, if somebody diagnoses you for something different than what your problem is, okay, or you're in denial, if you go to see uh, to seek any kind of mental health support, or not, just doesn't have to be mental health. It could be any kind of support. 
but you are denying the root cause of that, then you're never going to be healed from anything. And this is what has happened to our people. We continue to deny, okay, that the reality, see, we have more power than we know. We have a whole lot more power than we know. But we continue to march down the same path, listening to the same lies. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. And by the way, I, I'm going to move off topic for just a second here because I want to I want to shed some light on something. You know, <laughs> when people talk about reparations, all right. One of the one of the things that we don't consider, okay, is the fact that. All of the tremendous wealth that is uh, enjoyed by a certain culture in America and their descendants, all of it, I don't care what these lies that they tell you on the History Channel and these other, um, when they show uh, these narratives about the um, who built this country and all that. You built this country. We have proof of that. We know that. We can, look, we have overwhelming proof that not only did you build this country, you built all the wealth and inventions associated with this country. So when someone is telling you, that's just like you working on a job for 30 years and never getting paid. And then you have to continue to try to beg these people to pay you. It's morally and ethically wrong, but these same people can go in churches and clap and call a certain name, and you're comfortable with that because you do the same thing. No. No. You you have taken all of our land by force, which is your history, and now you're going to deny the payments to the descendants of the people who work from sunup to sundown for 16 hours a day, treated like animals, and built the wealth that you enjoy today and your children. What does this tell you? Okay. So, it's no question that this money is owed to our people. So all of these uh, political, whatever you want to call them, okay, that have continued to live, you know, on the mountaintop, continues to throw pieces of chitlin to our people or the guts of hogs, but yet they want us to continue to be nice Christians or want you. That's a bunch of garbage. Okay? That's a bunch of garbage. And then these same people come to you during their political charades 
and promise you no. If you can't deliver on reparations, then you're not going to get my vote. That's what it should be. And then the other part of this is then if you have people that believe that they do not have to pay you what is rightfully owed to you, okay, then most people take it by force. This is the other thing. But since you're the big bad bully, okay, and you have a history of murdering our people that you continue today, then you always have this threat over our head. Okay. But as I said before, we have nature fighting for us. And you, you're like a, a little ant up against a mountain where you think that you have all this power when you really don't. And you get ready to see that you really don't. And the fact that you have done this to the primordial seed, okay, that you're going to find out what the repercussions of this is going to be right now, okay, right now. So, you know, just to kind of wrap things up here, one of the things that our people have to uh, have to look at I, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for black people to unite. I used to think I knew. But you have no choice. You have no choice. Because if you don't, they're going to continue to kill our babies. They're going to continue to shoot our people down. This. Have you ever seen an Asian people person shot down in the street like a dog? No, you won't see that. You won't see that, okay? I guarantee you, you won't see that. Have you ever seen an East Indian person shot down in the street like a dog? No. Have you ever seen these white supremacist killers that go where black people worship, where they uh, shop at? and kill a whole bunch of people. Do you ever see them shot down in the street like a dog? No. So, there's a reckoning day that's here. Okay, now, I don't know what's wrong with black folks while we continue. If you think you're going to be on this planet forever, okay, you are sadly mistaken. You have a purpose and duty to the next generations coming up under us to prepare them for warfare because they are all of when you look at um, these other cultures or what have you when they come under attack they all come on code they come on code just like this against you Okay, so we have got to find some kind of common ground. Stop worrying about trying to um, appease the white supremacists. 
stop worrying about trying to be the best religious person you can be. Because I guarantee you, um, ain't nobody coming to our communities. I don't care what. And I said this before. Like when the Pope came here in the United States uh, and went to Harlem, they don't, you know, they don't look at us like we are, even though they know. They, there are pictures, document, documented evidence of the Pope's kneeling down to the black Madonna and child. Okay. So they know who you are. But what does that tell you? If they know who you are and still perpetrating this evil towards you, what does that tell you? Black people should be hugging each other to death and saying, look, man, I know that we have differences. Okay? I know we have differences. Okay? But we got to find some kind of common ground. We don't have to be best friends. One of the things that was very apparent to me at a young age, no matter where you go, and this this happens even today, you have white people that hate each other guts. But when they have a purpose that has something to do with them being on code and accomplishing something, mainly to keep you down, and to deny you, oh, they're going to forget about that. They're going to forget about um, how they feel about each other or whatever little squabbles they have. But somehow we don't have the ability to do this. We're ready to kill each other just because we disagree with each other over something. And see, this is at the root of our, of our downfall. Not only that, that we are also teaching this to the generations underneath us. Anytime any of this fiat is given to our young people, they have to be enemies of somebody. Okay, they have to have a rap song beefing with uh, somebody. Or there has to be some type of uh, uh, enemy vibes between our people in order for them to be rewarded. Okay, and and again, we don't, black people in this country do not have a money problem, a fiat problem. They do not. It's who we're giving the money to. When you look at all other cultures, particularly when it comes to their babies and their young people, they are zeroed in on on the funds that are given for that particular cause. Okay, they are zeroed in on what is taking place with their young people. Uh, why it's taking place? Our people are in a position where we're afraid of our own children. How did that happen? So all of it goes back to eugenics. And eugenics 
once you really grasp what it really is, you'll know why the world is in the condition that it's in. You'll know why black people have been living in the hells of North America for almost 500 years. You'll know this. Okay? You'll know why there is a plan and a plot against you and your children, and you don't have to deny this. Once you study eugenics, you will have the answers to all of the things you see. And I still hear black people asking this question, why do they hate us so much? Eugenics will give you the answer. And so, Brother Lance, uh, I'm going to end the show here because I know yesterday I I covered uh, this topic. I just wanted to kind of just talk with you guys today because I know lately I've been on on the uh, presentation tip. And sometimes it's just good to conversate. Exactly. You know, and uh, I don't know what it is with our people why – we continue to want to turn the other cheek or look the other way. Um, you know, like I was talking to a guy, a white guy that uh, I know, that he follows the videos. He really likes you, man, a lot. <laughs> I guess he looks at some of your videos, too. But uh, he said, yeah, if I was a black person, I'd be doing the same damn thing. He said, matter of fact, I'd be doing more. And then i find as many people as I can to help me deal with it. Right. And then he asked me, he said, why is it so hard for you guys to come together? I said, bro, if I had the answer to that, I'd be a multi-millionaire. I'd probably be a billionaire if I had the solution to that. But he genuinely, because, see, again, we overestimate. It's a lot of them that are in the dark. But they follow these narratives because it benefits them. Yes. So... They know that even though they don't know all of the answers to why this is being done, they know that it works in their favor. And see, this is why I have an issue when they're always saying, oh, yeah, it's a lot of good white people. It probably is, but they're not doing a damn thing. Right. You're looking at the same thing I'm looking at, but you got over 50% of them saying that, that we don't have the problems that we have. So something's wrong with that. You straight out got to be not only in denial, but you got to be crazy or blind or something. Because the other thing, too, oh, here's the other thing he asked me. He said, why do black men destroy, no, he said tear each other down so much? Why is it that, that they can't build up each other? What is it about? Now, granted, white men tear each other down, too, but they build each other up. Hell of a I mean, they they build each other up beyond, you know? Especially when it comes to us, when we're a threat to go above them, they will definitely come together, no matter what. Oh, no question. No question. Exactly. But it's something in our, it's something in our brain that needs to be rewired. You know, where it, we will even choose. Now, this is something else they don't do. They're not going to go against their own and choose you over them for something that you believe in. They're not going to do that. 
Now, they might go, they may do it in your face. They may agree with you in your face, just like with the bonus situation. The, re the reason why people get so blindsided, like when Donald Trump won, everybody was like, so, whoa, how could that happen? But to be honest with you, we really didn't have that. The two choices we had really didn't give us much of a choice. Because <laughs> when you talk about witches, okay, Hillary Clinton is a straight witch. Oh, yeah. So, you know, in, in that sense, we were between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, too, is with all this stuff they know, somebody facing 91 counts, brother, mm. but you still got millions of them supporting him, there's another reason for that, and it's behind eugenics. Yeah. It definitely is. But, uh, you know, I try to stay <clears throat> nowadays more focused on what our agenda is because we, we already know what these folks' agenda that we keep. The more we talk about it and give energy to that, it's just, it just really makes you angry. Yeah. So <clears throat> we need to talk about healing ourselves first um, and how that can be done, what steps can be taken. Because, boy, I'm telling you, like where I'm going right now, our young people are so divided. And they, they are so against each other. It's like, I, I know we used to be coming up, but, man, it, it's crazy right now. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so you don't want to be in the same program as them because they are from Sunnyvale and you are from Third Street. You know, that's kind of crazy. And I'm like, that's rough. Do you know how crazy that is? When you got these people from other countries, literally, they're taking over our communities, got their kids working in their stores, all of them working together, but you're fighting with somebody because they live on Third Street and you live on goddamn Sunnydale. <laughs> in, in the project, you know it, it, that makes right. But we don't own. Okay, granted, and this is what we I said know. to him. He got a little upset with me. I said, okay. Oh well. I said, I said, is there somebody in your family that has uh, that is on the charter for the city of San Francisco? Oh uh, no. Okay. Do you even know what a charter is? No. Is there somebody that owns any facilities here that's in your family? So now he's thinking. I said, so why in the hell would you be against somebody that's black, another black kid that's from another neighborhood, when you don't own nothing in this city? See, the thing that have our people confused, too, is, yeah, you might own a house. Hey, I ain't I got a long time. Yeah, your people might own a house, but I guarantee you that's the only thing they own. Because why? Because black homeowners don't.
come together and put their power together like other cultures do. I've seen this. Right. Okay. I've seen this with Latino people. I've seen this with Indian people. I've seen this with Chinese people. What the hell is wrong with you? And it's because, and, and then our children see this. There are no black home associations. Why? There needs to be one. There needs to be one in every city. Because these people are planning and plotting every week. The last thing they're going to do, um, Brother Lance, to us is all of this fiat is going to become digital now. It's only like 3% of it that's in circulation now. But our people don't pay attention to this. Then they're damaging people's black people's credit. Because in the digital world, this is what is going to be necessary for you to move forward. Fiat ain't going to, going to mean nothing. Like we used to say, you can put it on a pile and burn it, throw gasoline on it. That's not what they're operating on anymore. But they have our kids throwing up this fiat and worshiping it like it's something. We're in a sad condition, brother. We're in a very sad condition. And I, you, you know, I know how it is on the East Coast, but it's worse here as far as the mentality. Well, it's, it's right it's there worse. behind. It's over. It's all over. It's, it's just in a different way over there. Yeah, it's I'm just here. in a different way. Style. You know, it's, it's like way. you can take 10 chickens and, and and give one to each culture, Mexico, Italy, Jamaica. Different chickens are going to taste different ways because of the way they flavor. <laughs> I so love how you do how you do that. No, that's chicken. true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That jerk chicken is going to be different from fried chicken. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I often wonder, what is it that keeps us, okay, you can travel down the negative road, but what is it that keeps you from traveling down the damn positive road? What What is it why you have to constantly be in a negative place all of the time, 99%, 99.9%? It's it's glorified. It, it, it's not cool to be positive. And right, right. You're right. You're when you right. say motivate and, and the word positive and, and you speak to folks in the black community, I mean, some will, you know, but the vast majority, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear some negative stuff, how you come person and how they hate on you or how they hate it on somebody else or they're angry at this and angry at that. And that is a strong attractant right now. Where we're yeah. not wired for that originally, but we have been rewired. Like you said the word earlier, being rewired. We, yeah. We've been rewired, and, and that has become normalcy. And I'll say one more thing that I've said before. It's like the stray junkyard dog that's out in the street running around, eating out of garbage cans. A truck runs over his leg, and his leg is broken, and he learns how to walk on a broken leg crooked. Walking uh-huh. on a broken leg has become normalcy for him. See, so that dog is on a crooked leg, and it's normal for him to walk crooked, just like we are, right? I'm not saying you or I or anybody in the chat room. So now when you take that dog to break his leg again to set it right, it's something negative to him. What are you doing to me? You, you broke my leg. Right. What are you, 
But you're trying right. to set it straight. So when you speak this stuff to set it straight, they're going to reject it because there's pain in that because they don't want to realize they've been walking r- wrong the whole time in their life. <laughs> That's a good one there. That is that is a good one right there. So even though breaking your leg will make you 100% better, <laughs> you see it in a different way. Right. And we've been conditioned to go after the pleasure and, and stay away from the pain. you got two to yeah. two pain. You have yeah. pain that's pain. You don't need that. But there's the pain of sacrifice, denying yourself yeah. for a goal, for a bigger picture. We are not wired for that. We want no, pleasure now and then. You know, Friday night, we got paid. Just got paid Friday night. Living it up, living it up. Oh, yeah. Friday right. night, living for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. We're not thinking about two years from now. You see the exactly. same people. Oh, you probably don't even have a ticket to go to Ghana, much less be able to build a house. Ha, 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 ha. And that was about three, four years ago. Now, look where I am now in 2023. Right. I'm not saying I'm that. I'm just using that as an example. No, that's so, a very good point. Yeah, I'm you, you were not taught the principle yeah. of delayed gratification. It's there like you everything go. right now. No there planning for the future, nothing. Yes. So oh, that's why I broke. There you go. See, they were saying it about me. I mean, use me as an example. They Look, things are tight for me now willingly because yes. I have that I'm planting for two and three years from now. You see what I mean? That yes. will manifest two, three, four, five yes. years from now. And, and look, I'm in a little Same t-shirt, a little short, and I was wearing my Crocs today, and it rained out there, and I'm slipping and sliding the Crocs out there with the groceries coming in. Like I text you, I said, man, I'm on, the, I'm on the van. I'm coming in soon. Folks looking at me like, oh, look at that abroni, like a foreigner, right? He should be rich. Have, he should have all of the chains and whatever. No, no. My seeds are being planted. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. in the right now. I'm, I'm really and truly, I'm in 2027 right now. Like I told people years ago, I'm in 2023 when it was 2018. Oh, man, that that's nigga right. crazy. Talk about That's right. But you know what? I'm not saying, okay, we need the fiat. We need, you know, to earn that right now. But we need to know how to get out of it. But mm-hmm. then same workers that were hating on me when I was driving the bus dreaming bigger, they're still right. there. Watch it on Facebook and watch it on YouTube. Hate no me more now. How did he do it? You see what I mean? Sacrifice. That is crazy, man. It's crazy. That, it's that is absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you couldn't. You can't manifest what you have if you haven't been disciplined and planning and budgeting for this. Right. And, and again, like you said, you know, our people. The, the positive attributes that a person has that should be celebrated, like someone like you, we look at that as, uh, you know, ne- oh, don't even think he did so, you think he that. When all of, because I've been, when, like, take Latino people who, who are the closest people to me other than black. Right. When one of them do something, all of them come together and celebrate. That should be, and I'm just that sitting there looking like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong? Excuse my French. With us, why is it that we always want the worst for each other? And but this this energy and spirit of that is part of what's keeping us down. Right. Right. Because you right. attract you that energy attracts that. That's why I isolate myself. Yes. From entities, even when they have a smile on their face. Yes. I, I, I can feel it. I can smell it. It's like walking into an elevator when somebody 
already farted. Don't blame me. I walked into this mess. You know what okay. he did? Don't blame me. Okay. The whole elevator smelled like, you know, smelled like fart already. Don't look at me funny. I walked <laughs> into this. So this was here when I walked in the elevator. That scent That's was right. already there. Hey, don't turn your nose up like it's me when other people get in there. I'll tell it. <laughs> I yeah, know then. you will. <laughs> well, brother, I got these youngsters blowing up my phone. I got to travel a little ways. Pleasure. Thanks for coming on again. Yes, to, sir. Um, we'll wrap it up and everything. So we'll just talk, you know, next Monday and anything before. Just hit me up. We'll talk and, you know, communicate until then. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Yes, and sir. we are uh, you thoroughly. And um, yes, we in that situation tonight. <laughs> yeah. And keep up the great work, brother. Always, brother. It's from the heart. I live this. Absolutely. Peace and love to you. Like, likewise, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Peace. All right. Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition? Stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder, from India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east, by the Nile River, we 
we're living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality. We wore silken robes, it was a goal. We were the wealthiest and the wisest people I'm told. Now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door. So, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven, black man hell. When the white man came to America, he told the Indian, I am your white brother. He said, Red man, I'll treat you the best. Yet until he pushed the Indian further west With his white woman and fire water Tricks and lies he stole America The original owner of this nation Is cooped up on a reservation So my friend it's easy to tell White man heaven, black man hell he needed someone to work the land His back was too weak He needed you black man So he commissioned Sir John Hawkins To commit the worst Most grievous sin To take a man who's born to be free And bring him down Sell a man as merchandise On his body put a price Oh, my friend, it's easy to tell White man heaven is a black man hell 